It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. Coming up on today's show, not only did Kirby Smart punch his ticket to the national championship, but he also moved into a different conversation amongst college football coaches. Now, the Falcons are down to their last game, one game for the rest of this 2021 season. But should QB1, RB1, or anyone sit? And last but not least, and for the culture, he's a human being first. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I just want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by Bet Online. T, if the folks want to find us on the big screen, they can download that Roku and Amazon Fire apps. Just look up. Locked on Sports Atlanta, and we'll pop right up. You have access to all this good content we have right here just for you. All your ATL sports needs is right here on ATL Day Ones. Now, T, the Georgia Bulldogs, Kirby Smart, they punched the ticket to the nat- to the natty, right? They, they're going against the TCU Horned Frogs. It's those. A 12-year-old in me wants to say horny frogs, but, you know, that's a whole nother conversation for a later date. But I think that when – I think when you think about all of the plays that led up to the missed field goal by Ohio State, I think that there was something that I know for me, I felt like that timeout by Kirby Smart was was the big indicator to as to how they were able to get to that point so he can miss the field goal. What was the biggest play – big play in the game for you? Uh, uh, as you watch this and they're watching the game? I would have to say the same because there are games in the past, two, three, four years ago, where we would have looked and said, Doop! because Kirby didn't take the timeout. And, <laughs> <Fake> that, <point>. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that cost them not just the game, but really a conference title, right. a national championship, just right. really cost them big. And it was just you you love to see when a coach has evolved. You love to see when a player has evolved yes. and their IQ, whether that is on the sidelines or on the football field, goes up. And I felt like in that moment, we saw that Kirby Smart's IQ as that elite, elite college football coach was on display. And that 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 IQ has gone up from just those years, a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it was the biggest play because it really spoke to, for me, it spoke to, wow. We're always talking about the evolution of a player. We're always talking about the maturity of a player and the IQ of a player. I saw the IQ of a, an elite football coach on display. Yeah, and that's the thing that I, I think we need to start moving that, moving him into that conversation, right? Yeah. As far as the Dabo Sweeney's of the world, we know his luster is kind of worn off. It's always been off with me. But <laughs> I think just from a, from a national championship conversation and being that powerhouse, so to speak, I think – George is in that conversation. I think Kirby's name should be in front of that. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know not only for just being a, an elite recruiter, like well, he's always always in that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. But I think he's right now. He is probably should be in one of the conversations for being the best college football coach in the country. Obviously, 
the national championships don't match up with Nick Saban. We get that. It's going to take a while for them to get there if even yeah, ever happens right. again. If ever happen, that happens again. Yeah. But I think just from a right now, what we see like going forward in the next couple of years, Kirby is that guy. I wholeheartedly believe that. Now, I think another person that kind of evolved, we saw evolve, is Stetson Bennett. T. When you think about what, what he was able to do, right, like with throwing the – Throwing an interception, and then he was able to come back in the fourth quarter and be be the mailman that he's he's referred to as. Mm-hmm. But I think that just from a uh, it just from, I don't know. It just seemed like for me with with the offenses how things were going. It just seems like once they found Brock Bowers, oh, like oh yeah, we do have the one of the best players in the country. It just seems like that offense started to flow a little bit, and then Sabina started finding his rhythm. I think it was one of those things. It may have been a combination of things, right? Because at the beginning of the game, I said to myself, for the love of God, Tom, Todd Monken, do not try to match the tempo of Ohio yes. State. You set the yes. tempo in the tone. Yes. And I Spring felt at the television. Yes. <laughs> like Play your reason, game. Play your game. For yes, whatever absolutely. reason, it felt like the dogs were trying to play Ohio State's game. If it's going to be a track meet, which it probably will be again this coming Monday, but if it was going to be a track meet on Saturday, Jarvis, I just felt like it should have been a, still a track meet dictated by the dogs. And I felt right. like Ohio State was dictating that. So, yeah, give a, a lot of credit to Stetson Bennett. But I also have to give credit where credit is due to the fact that the Todd Munkin and Kirby Smart made the adjustments that Kirby Smart has also been known to make at halftime. That's also put him in the elite coach conversation, right? And then Stetson Bennett ultimately taking advantage of that by virtue of saying, okay, not only is Darnell Washington down, because I kind of had a feeling that maybe they also had a lot more of a game plan for Darnell Washington before he went down in order to kind of trick Ohio State and say, hey, you can't focus on Brock Bowers because we got another gun out there. But then when the gun went down, it's like, oh my, then what do we do? And then they remembered, by God, we are RBU. We can put Kenny McIntosh out there and put him to work. Yes. And then all of a sudden, that then sets you up for the fourth quarter that you got from Stetson Bennett. Yes. And you're able to find some of your wide receivers in A.D. Mitchell and Smith. So all those guys were able to find find their ways into the end zone. That's the thing that just really lets you know that the Georgia could be pretty scary next year coming back. You know, uh, but before we get to next year, we have to talk about the national championship. Right. Like so. You talked about it, like Ohio State showed that hey, they can run with the big dogs, uh, so to speak. And you know, until the Georgia made those adjustments, Ohio State looked like they were going to finish this thing and, and get to the to that national championship game and, and beat the beat the big dogs, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, as they get ready to go into this game against TCU, T mm-hmm. TCU is a team that's been doubted all year. I know I thought Michigan was going to go ahead and pull it out, but, and mm-hmm. it took Michigan to throw two pick sixes in a in a game in order for them to get that done. So <laughs> Max Duggan, I think I, I was listening to uh, Sandra on ninety two nine the game. Yeah. I kind of like the nickname that she gave him, Max. Was it Max? Uh, Max. Teach me how to Duggan, Duggan. Teach, teach me how to Duggan. Yeah, Max, yeah. Teach, me, teach me how to Duggan. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. But, yeah. So, coming into this game, is Georgia – is essentially, is this Georgia's Alabama defeat of 2021 saying, hey, wake up call, we, we're we beatable. Do you see that kind of – these two things kind of correlate with each other so they can get those back-to-back natties? Oh, I do. And, and uh, another one of our friends over at 92.9 Die Hard Fan and Georgia grad Brian Gephardt, he and I were talking this morning and I said, B, 
I said, look here, if I could have been a fly on the wall or in at the in the on the bus ride back to Athens, oh, oh I knew. Goodness. I was yes. like, man, Kirby lit them up. I said, I'm sure he started drawing up plays and was talking about that, the game plan on the way back to Athens. But Brian Gephardt said actually that you know, a lot of times this season, reporters have not been allowed to go into the locker room, which they were post game. And he said one of the things for him that was very noticeable was he was, he was on the football field with them. Right. And there was all the celebration and all the hoopla. But the closer you got to that locker room, the more sedate it got. And by the time they finished in that locker room, Jarvis, it was clear that they knew, oh, it's on the TCU. That was yeah. a real nice little celebration for the last seven minutes. Now is game time. So, yeah, I think these guys understand the assignment and they know that just like then, if you don't step it up, just like Alabama was waiting for them again, TCU is ready for them. Now, yeah. the good thing is Max Duggan is still not C.J. Stroud. However, oh, no. don't get it twisted. Quentin yes. Johnson actually may be Marvin Harrison Jr. a little bit better. So yes. balancing out, but I, I believe these guys are going to be ready because if you're truly good, like Kirby Smart is, at in-game adjustments, halftime adjustments, then you're going to take that nine-day window of time and you're going to make the adjustments you need for what you know is a little bit of a suspect secondary, and you're going to make sure that they're ready to rock and roll come Monday. Absolutely. They're going to be ready to rock and roll come Monday for sure. Kirby Smart, as we talked about, elite coaches going to have their guys ready to roll. Now, last night, T, the Atlanta Hawks, they took a tough one, double overtime, 143 to 141. Trey Young was out there dealing. They were taking advantage of some of the mismatches that they had down low, and he was running the pick and roll, And but, oh, here comes uh, Mr. Uh, they didn't have Steph Curry. But they show had uh, Mr. Thompson there. He was actually lighting the Hawks up in the first quarter with 16 points, a 40-point uh, first quarter, 70 points in the first half, T. This was a, a absolute barn burner. Now, now when you boil down to it, mm -hmm. it's a tough loss, but what did you like that you saw in that game last night against the uh, Golden State Warriors from the Hawks? Yeah, a couple things. Of course, having DeAndre Hunter back is always good. good and not just see. in terms of his 17 points, but it was the rest of the stat line because, you know, I love to look down the rest of the stat line to see beyond just the offense. And it was the fact that he had four rebounds, two assists, two steals. I mean, you know, he had a, like a complete game basically on, right. um, at both ends of the court. So I really, really love seeing that. It was not only good to see six players and double figures for the Hawks, but again, it was going down the stat line. Let us not overlook the fact that Trey Young also had 14 assists and get this seven rebounds. Good people. You yes. know how much I love to look down his stat line to see what his hustle looked like. And even on that last play of the game, as tough as it was, for all of us to watch over and over again, as Kayvon Looney basically was like a one-man wrecking crew in the last one point two seconds. Twenty but, rebounds. Right, but, yes, right. but even that, just in that last one point four seconds, to me, that was a microcosm of the of the game and the yes. thing that typically dogs the Hawks the most. Because even with Trey Young trailing on the back of that play, it was he was still he still had his court vision. So I still got to mm -hmm. give him a lot of credit for at least kind of looking to see, okay, where do I need to fit in on this this final play, right? But again, you said what I liked, so I'm going to leave it kind of right there. And I also really, really liked Onyeka Okongu's stat line because we were also talking about somebody who had a good uh, stat line for assists. 
So that was actually a pleasant surprise. But when you're talking about blocks, three blocks and and and, and I think he had three steals and, and and like 12 rebounds and 16 points in 38 right. minutes. I also really liked what I saw out of him last night. I definitely was encouraged by the defense um, that they put on display from time to time. Um, but I think that the 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 killer for the Hawks and it, they've been this has come to display against these good teams, and I think that it's something that. When you have a guy like Clint Capella out, you understand it, right? It, you know, there's a, a sore spot when it comes to those second chance points, second mm-hmm. chance points, mm-hmm. offensive rebounds. Like it yes. came up to the, the game going into overtime. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game, when Looney uh, put in the, the putback layup, and we've seen it in a, against Chicago, against Chicago Bulls, just, just little things, just boxing out just it's it's just simple things right the simple things that just kill the hawks when it comes down to crunch time yeah i I just and and you're absolutely right i looked at the play over and over again jarvis slow motion trying to see where all five players were and don't get me wrong i did say there were a couple things that that i didn't like if i may and Mm -hmm. one of the things was i probably would have called the timeout okay nate i know you're tired of hearing us say that but I don't know if I would have had Bogey in on that final play because at that point you don't need points. You've tied a trade, trade tied the game for you with a floater. So exactly. if you've got one of your scores out there, should you actually need to get back on offense, you've got Trey out there. Put right. Trey or Bogey, but I don't need them both because without Bogey out there, then I get to have somebody like Onyeka Okongu out there on that last play. If Double O is in the paint, deep in the paint. I don't think Kevon Looney has those four opportunities. I don't think dude is going to have a missed shot or get the rebound from the three-pointer that was missed and then tip it in and then misses it and then gets the offensive rebound and goes in again. I don't think that sequence happens for Onyeka Okongu, whereas Bogey was still out at the perimeter. John Collins was still out at the perimeter. And I don't even get completely mad at him, by the way, for that, because at the end of the day, he was guarding Draymond Green. Only right. thing is, Jarvis, it goes back to what you said. It's the little things, and your basketball IQ has to tell you, however, JC, that the minute Draymond Green less, is no longer has the ball, then He's you no to threat up. whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> leaving him open at the at the three-point line. Right. I'll be okay with you leaving him at the three-point line for an open, wide-open shot. Yes. Like, I'm or, if he, that. Right. or if he <laughs> passes the ball for somebody right. else to take the three, then yeah. he's really not a threat because he doesn't have the ball. So you need to be running to the inside the way that Golden State's offense collapsed, collapsed into the paint, and you need to be prepared to get. It wasn't a long three-point rebound, but it was at least medium enough for you to be able to be under the basket. Dejounte Murray should not have been under that basket. Trying to box out Kevin Looney, (laughs) Kevon Looney. That should not happen, (laughs) absolutely at all. So that's something that the Hawks are going to have to continue to work on, and we will see if Nate McMillan is going to be able to make the necessary adjustments. Because guess what, the Kings are coming. And we know how they are as far as from a shooter standpoint, because you know, Mr. Red Velvet is yep. uh can he's been shooting pretty well this year. So oh, yeah. um K Bun has been doing this thing out there on the West Coast. So we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that. But T, you know, Falcons got the last game coming up in the season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now they got the division clinch, but we found out that they are gonna play their starters. What does that mean for the Falcons? We'll talk about that coming up next. But first, we got to talk about betonline.net because it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You know, you can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. 
Ooh, been looking at some of these spreads for this last game of the season, right? We got the Minnesota Vikings versus Chicago Bears. You know, uh, the Vikings are favored, you know, on the road. You got the Tennessee Titans versus Jack- Jacksonville Jaguars. They're favored by a touchdown over the Tennessee Titans. You know, what you trying to figure out? Hey, you want to bet on some ancillary games? You trying to get a little parlay going on? How about you go to betonline.net because it is the top online source. For all your sports wager information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they've got you covered. We got you covered each and every day, Monday through Friday, for all your ATL sports needs. For all your sports wager information, go to Bet Online. They have podcasts waiting just for you. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because Bet Online is where the game starts. Now, the game finally started to kind of slow down for Desmond Ritter as he got his first win as a rookie in the nfl with the 20 to 19 win over the cardinals yes on sunday mm-hmm. we were there to see it front and center yes. and that's exciting but you know there's still that conversation about where he is in his progression overall right so we right. only have one game remaining to really have like a quote-unquote full sample size for ritter and the question is still out there now there were three games and you only got one more is that enough for you to say, yep, I think they have their QB1 in 2023. But if not, I mean, are you just looking for a free agent, like a QB to compete with him and to keep him honest? Or are you salivating and calling Houston saying, hey, 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 CJ Stroud looked really good in the Ben Saturday night, which I want for him. Ooh, wow. That's an interesting question. Now, I like how you posed it. I like what you, how you said in 2023. So the answer to that question, in 2023, should he be QB1? He should be able to compete for QB1 in 2023 Mm. because from game one to game two to game three, I've seen progression each game. And that's what you're looking for when you're talking about evaluating quarterbacks because we talked about the concerns, right, of him Mm -hmm. locking in on Drake London. Now, granted, we love that he's actually using him because the guy before him, couldn't figure out how to get him to rock. So, right. yeah, we like that part. That's Check mm-hmm. that box. All right, cool. He's actually pretty good. Drake London mm-hmm. can play football. All right, we found that out, right? So, um, but now, how how can you go through your progressions and get elder people with football? We saw him build some rapport with Michael Pruitt. I like, you know, on the third down, you strike mm-hmm. throwing that bad boy in there, you know, right in between his tight coverage. And, and that's one thing that I, I said that I really liked about yeah. Desmond Ritter coming in because he has that confidence in his arm mm-hmm. and he can get in there. He has the arm strength to be confident in, right? So a lot of times the quarterbacks have confidence in their arm, but they just ain't got the arm strength to get it there. So I think that there's no hesitation when they're talking about like, if I need to fire a strike, he going to fire mm-hmm. that strike. And I think we saw that on Sunday. So yeah. I think that when you it comes to now, if he has, you saw him get progressively worse mm-hmm. or he just turned the ball over too much and like, okay, we might need to bring somebody in, but I think just as a buffer, I would um, consider bringing in a veteran just yeah. to kind of push him a little bit. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because you never want to let a guy get too comfortable. Uh, I, I know people don't really care for their mental psyche type of uh, jaw jacking games that goes mm-hmm. on. But I think just from a, a safety standpoint, just a safety mm-hmm. net standpoint, just in case you never know what could happen. Right. You got to bring a veteran in, you know, to, to, to sit there and push him. And be and the guy have that mindset coming in saying, hey, more than likely you're going to be the backup mm-hmm. and we need you to help develop this kid and not necessarily try to beat him into the ground and right. and not be a guy that can help him and be, you know, uh, help him along, help him along the way. So I think 
that's kind of where I am with Desmond Ritter as we get ready to go into the last game of the season. And I think that's such a critical point because obviously last year was a little bit different. They bring in Marcus Mariota with him knowing that, hey, you have every opportunity to be the starter here, right? And right. of course, people's instant reaction was, well, there is Ryan Tannehill out there. But no, 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 because Ryan Tannehill told you at the beginning of this season that he wasn't in it to be helping Malik Willis. So do you think Not he's going to help Desmond Ritter along? No, he's coming here thinking he's QB1. So I don't know that he would necessarily be the fit, regardless of his relationship with Arthur Smith. I agree with you. I think it has to be a veteran who is comfortable with being the second option because he's likely going to be that and right. also comfortable knowing, hey, but I can jump in when I need to jump in. Sort of like a Nick Foles. When Nick Foles right. yeah. in Philadelphia, he knew he was the backup, but knew he was ready to be QB1 when needed and also was willing to give Carson Wentz what he needed in order for Carson Carson Wentz to become who he became, right? So you do right. need that guy. And I think we all agree that, hey, right now the Falcons are at number seven. Who knows what might happen next week? They may jump up. They may go down, but I doubt it. I'm thinking seven or, or above. I don't think they're going to drop any lower than seven. And if that's the case, I'm still screaming to the top of the rafters, D-lineman, defensive player, edge rusher, D lineman, defensive player, Ezra. I'm still <laughs> we'll just rotate it. Like, all right, here we go. Rotation. Yep. Defensive Every day. In fact, guys, what I'm gonna do so you don't have to hear my mouth about it, I'm just gonna put a sign here right by my Falcons jersey, and it's just gonna have random defensive player, random <laughs> defensive player, random defensive player. Yes. You're never gonna hear from me again. But anyway, if you guys want to hear something good. All day, every day that we love to tell you guys about, it's, of course, Built.com. Because when you have situations like what the heck Georgia put us through on Saturday night, then the Warriors, uh, excuse me, the Hawks turned around and put us through Monday night. you got to have that kind of snack that's going to be healthy for you when you need something and you are stressed out. So, as always, check out Built.com. That's where you can get your Built bars and those cool little puffs that have 100% chocolate. And that 100% chocolate is interesting because hey if you're a chocolate lover hey you love it but also if you're looking for something that has easy solubility for proteins you're going to get 15 grams of protein that easily goes through your system and that really does give you the energy that you're going to need for wednesday night when the hogs take on the kings or next monday when georgia faces tcu now if you put in the locked on 15 code you're going to get 15 percent off that first order and again you know, Jarvis and I, we're going to talk a little bit about our goals for 2023. And one of them, of course, is for us to stay healthy. So we like Built Bars because that'll give you only 160 calories per bar. Check them out. Built.com, locked on 15 for your 15% off now. Jarvis, it's interesting because one of the things that we know we talked about last week and even today is the evaluation process. So not just right. a QB1, but even at other positions as well. Interesting decision that the Buccaneers have made already. They clinched the NFC South yesterday, on Sunday rather, and actually made the statement, hey, we're going to still play our starters. So I was thinking to myself, now that's interesting, depending on what side of the fence you sit on, but what should the Falcons do? I mean, should they play their starters and their players as well? If not, who should they actually sit? To be honest with you, everybody need to play. I, I don't see everybody. <laughs> everybody. Everybody need to play. And only the first person that came to mind, which I may consider not mm -hmm. playing, is maybe Grady Jarrett. I don't know. Sure. But 
I'm not the person that's going to have that conversation. And I'm sure Arthur Smith don't want to have that conversation. Hey, man, go ahead and sit out this season and come right. back next year. No, it's not going to work like that. I think I think everybody needs to play because that's that's the, that's the what he's trying to build in the, in the locker room, Arthur Smith, that is, as far as type of culture, right, getting some yeah. wins. like Because, you know, Arthur Smith can care less about a draft position. They don't care about – no. What it what it means to if they were to win if they drop out of the top ten if they get a win against the Buccaneers it, right. I don't even think that's even possible at this point nope, but not. I think some of the things that you those are some of the things that you want to be able to establish not mm -hmm. not necessarily momentum going into next year but right. seeing you know getting uh, the quarterback getting another win up under his belt I think that's something that's going 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 to be able to you're going to be able to be able to establish and I think that. You want to be able to, and from an evaluation standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. So we saw Matt Hennessy at the left guard spot. Mm -hmm. Do they bring him back? Is that a guy that, hey, we might like what we see at this left yeah. guard spot right here? I and mean, that might be something that, that might be a priority for us in the draft or in mm -hmm. free agency. Yeah. So all those things come into play when you start thinking about, okay, from a roster construction standpoint, because you got a lot of one-year guys that yep. you're going to have to really seriously consider bringing back. Sure. You're talking about Rashawn Evans. Mm -hmm. Are you going to bring him mm -hmm. back? Carter, I'll talk about yeah. Lorenzo Carter. All those guys are on one-year deals. So mm -hmm. this is something – this is going to be an evaluation period, not only for the Falcons, but for these guys in, as individuals. Yeah. They might be for your next team because the right. Falcons, regardless of how you play the Falcons, might be like, yeah, you know what? We're good. And you're going to have to put some good film out there for your next team. So – I think it's going to be a lot of evaluation going on in this last game. And, mm -hmm. and I think that the most important one for the Atlanta Falcons is to continue to see that progression from Desmond Ritter and being able to spread the ball around and be able to make throws when it's, when it's money time on third and fourth downs and be able to get a win at the end of the day. Yeah, and to that point, I definitely don't want to see anybody on the offense except maybe Cordero Patterson and not even really sit, but maybe use lightly. We'll say it that way. Yeah because there's been pretty much their version of load management on him, at least from a practice perspective, the entire Indeed. season. But the rest of that offense, yeah, you got to have him in place because ultimately if you want Desmond Ritter to show even more growth and progression from game three to game four, like we saw in the first three games, then you absolutely need to give him the opportunity to have his first string weapons out there so that he has every tool in the toolkit to use for himself, including Tyler Algier unbelievable back half of the season that he has had. I mean, Jarvis, yes. you want to talk about QB1, but let's keep it real and talk about RB1. And yeah, we know Cordero Patterson was an absolute beast to begin the season. But when you're talking about the future, isn't it exciting that for once you're not actually having a conversation? I mean, we keep having the edge rushers conversation, interior lineman conversation. We're not really having a combo saying that the Falcons have to draft an RB1. Right? Yeah. I think I think it's pretty clear, T. It's pretty clear Tyler Algeria is the guy. Yeah. And I think that that actually works out in Cordero Patterson's favor, right? Yeah. Because he doesn't have to be leaned on to be the RB1 at this age. So I think there's value there where you can move around Cordero Patterson, have him be targeted in the passing game a little bit more. So um, I, I think that that kind of opens up the offense a little bit more for, um, yeah. for Arthur Smith. And that's what he's talked about being able to be more balanced, right? Because you know what you be able to bring to the table from a rushing standpoint, can you pass the ball with balance? Because, you know, everybody, a lot of times the people having the opposite conversation. Yeah. Like, okay, people pass the ball so much, they got to be able to find, be able to run the ball a little bit. Right. So, and you saw the Falcons struggle with that with Matt Ryan's last year mm -hmm. with his team. So, 
I think all of those things come into play. And with a guy like Tyler Argier coming coming along like he is, mm-hmm. it's going to do nothing but benefit the Falcons. Yeah. And it's going to benefit the, the 30-year-old running back as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And listen, these are the kinds of things that we'll continue to watch because you guys know we started talking about our evaluations even last week. So we'll continue to kind of dig into that, especially as we hear more from Arthur Smith when he begins to talk about the Falcons installing their game plan for Sunday. Now, you guys, we appreciate you rocking with us, especially coming back in the new year. Happy New Year to you guys as well. But don't forget to rock with our guys at Locked On Sports today because, of course, they give you immediate reaction from big games like of course who was it was it damian lillard who scored 71 last night like oh donovan mitchell donovan mitchell yes you know they're going to give you guys a reaction on that because we hadn't seen that in a month of sundays since the passing of the late great kobe bryant who did it all those years ago so i know they're going to be talking about that and of course and we're going to talk a little bit about it briefly in our next segment but of course they'll be giving you guys reaction to what we saw um, in the Bills Bengals game last night with Damar Hamlin. So they'll give you their take on it. Any updates, any real time updates, they will definitely share that with you. So be sure to check out Locked On Sports today after you check out ATL Day Ones at YouTube, on the Odyssey app, or wherever you download your podcasts. And Locked On Sports Atlanta family, really appreciate you guys for reaching out and, and, and on us on the ATL Day Ones at gmail.com email if you want to get in contact with the program. That's all you have to do. ATL Day Ones at gmail.com. But T, this is for the culture. It is an intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's how we get down on this show. Today is no different. And I think that we would be remiss if we didn't touch on this, this particular yeah. topic because T, I think, you know, a lot of times we often get on, you know, the national reporters or, or yeah. the big four-letter networks for kind of glossing over what it is to, to to be a player and everything. So I think that's that's the, the main thing, though, in this particular thing that I really was encouraged by, mm-hmm. in, given the situation, is the fact that they humanized them, DeMar Hamlin. Yes. And not necessarily look at him as a football player, and they just didn't move on and continue the game, and, 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 and as if nothing happened. I think that yeah. was the main thing that I just really stood out to me initially as the things were going on last night. I would agree, and that's everyone from Orion Clark uh, to Elisa Salters, yes. uh, Scott Van Pelt, and all points in between. Of course, Booger as well. Of course, yeah. this was exactly Booger McFarland because, of course, it was an ESPN broadcast. So, right. so much credit goes to them because that was real time emotion, raw emotion that they were trying to manage through themselves because they're seeing it real time. They're having to react real time and kind of keep all of us steady because none of us have really seen anything like that. And it's interesting because I will say this, I didn't go back to see the video for salacious purposes at all. I had a game that I was a part of the broadcast crew for last night and unfortunately didn't watch the game. So I will admit I did have to go online just to kind of piece it together and kind of get an understanding of what happened. And I give them so much credit because in the beginning I saw it and I was like, what gives? Like I had to actually replay it because low key, all I saw was an excellent hit um, in a regular play. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it hit me like, oh dear God, that's what happened. And so to see that real time, no different uh, than maybe what some of us have seen, saw a couple of weeks ago locally with Bob Rathman. Yeah. Not easy to manage through those situations at all. And I do, like you said, appreciate so many from that broadcast team to Bill's Mafia, to the Bengals leadership, those teams, 
everybody just understanding in that moment, like, you do know this is somebody's son. This is somebody's nephew. This is somebody's teammate, et cetera, that literally we don't know how it's going to go for that person. So let's just pause. We do know that it was a game of unbelievable significance as it relates to the NFL playoffs. We take nothing away from that. I mean, I don't envy the people that have to make that decision on how they're going to manage through that situation. But in the moment, yes, I agree with you. I felt like it was handled very, very well. And I felt like, wow. And I don't say this loosely and I'm not trying to be funny, but wow, amazingly, we didn't choose violence for once. And I I appreciate that. Yeah, I I definitely appreciate it because, you know, playing the game, a lot of times when you're in that age range between 18 to 28, like I always kind of joke, jokingly say hey that's my invincible year those were my invincible years where you don't think about death and i've had a situation similar to uh demar hamlin as far as from making making a play uh the guy had got an um we had forced the interception and i was going to go block uh block the offensive lineman you know so hey my guys can go try to go up to the end zone and i went down low to to try to block him and got a big guy too and in my top of my head hit his kneecap and I completely bonked out. I was done. Like, I had no idea where I was. And I didn't know that I tried to get up mm-hmm. and fell down until I watched it on film. Ooh, and yeah. now that I think back to that, and I was just looking at DeMar Hamlin last night, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this literally happened to me. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, if I only got a concussion, you know, yeah. uh, from yeah. out of it. But it's just... Like it's just just things that you don't think about as a player, right? You understand, like people are talking about. Oh yeah, I understand the risk. Oh, not really. Mm-hmm. Like, like not at that age. At that yeah. at forty, yes, I understand the risk of football. Mm-hmm. But at mm-hmm. eighteen to twenty three, when you are playing ball like that, like you don't think about that stuff. It doesn't. It never crossed your mind because you think you're invincible. Yeah. So yeah, to to for it to bring, I was literally stuck watching the TV, like because I, I knew the Hawks game was on. And I'm sitting up here like I couldn't change the channel because it was yeah. just like, what's going on with dude? Somebody give us give me an update, give me something to some type of comfort. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I couldn't even imagine being his family because I was sitting there like concerned as all get. I was like, please don't let this storyline in like it looks right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a lot of emotions being evoked last night. And like I said, thankfully, the broadcast team, ESPN, and all those folks were evoking the right ones and yeah. like to kind of help get through this thing. And I think that, you know, everybody did a really good job and then I'm not going to highlight the people that were saying stupid stuff online. Yeah. So, yep. because I don't, don't think it's, never, it's not exactly not on this, not on this platform for sure. So Ew. yeah, absolutely. So we thank you guys for rocking with us on ATL day ones and making your first listen of the day. Make sure you check out locks on sports today. And at the end of the day, we just make sure y'all just be safe. I'll come back now here. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.